black eyeliner, boner jokes, and sexual frustrations. I'm Andrew, the Prince of Gotham Gonzalez, and with me is... Dan the Boy Wonder Sullivan. And this week we unmask 1992's Batman Returns on Let's See That Again, the podcast where we watch nostalgic movies and see if they hold up today. pretty appropriate movie for a uh, father's day wouldn't you say <laughs> <laughs> oh, i didn't even think of that this this is definitely perfect so uh we are recording this during father's day weekend so for all the dads out there happy father's day unless you were killed by the joker then happy dead father's day but did he really kill well in this universe he did kill you know yeah he yeah. did kill batman so this movie um god damn it dan <laughs> for the longest time i was like this is the best batman movie no other movie holds a flame to this one and i think it's solely because of michelle pfeiffer but <laughs> this movie man like do you judge best batman by which one gives you the most boners apparently uh, and i was not aware of it because there is so many boner jokes in this constant sex jokes and yeah like i i feel like Honestly, this is like the least Batman I've seen Batman be Batman, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, he almost feels like a secondary character in it. Well, because um, Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito are killing it in this movie. Yeah. And Michael Keaton just seems like he's just there for the ride. The whole thing is just like dripping with Tim Burton vibes, though. Everything looks like it was, you know, shot in a hot topic. <laughs> or it looks like an amusement park ride yeah exactly it's all way over the top like super gothic inspired very dark and i love it and is it me or is it like i feel like every like because you know danny elfman is usually the one that that's in these tim burton movies i feel like every tim burton movie has to have the background that's like la 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 yeah, he definitely, Tim Burton, he definitely picks people that he likes, and then he's just like, nope, we're going to make every movie together. Danny Elfman really knocked it out of the park with the soundtrack for this movie, though, if you if you ask me. Oh, and yeah. I, I think he, works, he worked on The Simpsons for like 20 years, too. Well, yeah, well, he does the main theme song, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know they had him like on retainer. I'm assuming he probably does other. He's probably one of like one of their lead sound engineers, or I, I don't know what his title would be. Music guy. Music guy. Hey, you ever watch The Simpsons? Yeah, I'm the music guy. All the music. Because what do you remember most about this? Like in general, the whole Batman craze at this time when you were a kid. So honestly, when I when I think of this movie, the first thing that comes to mind is when I was little and all the hype that I heard before the movie came out about, I forget the weight, but there was like a, a ridiculous amount of makeup that they needed to apply to Danny DeVito for the Penguin. So I remember being kind of like hyped up to see what he looked like and it does not disappoint. He is transformed. I mean, it's definitely still Danny DeVito, but 
Well, I, I read that, that it was painful, like, for him to be sitting in in that makeup for hours to, like, get it ready. And, like, yeah, they – like, I think for a long time I didn't even realize it was him until, like, my late teens. Oh, really? See, I, I knew it was him before beforehand, but just from, like, hearing about it, you know. Well, well I was a naive little boy, Dan. I was just like, they found that guy. I've always had my finger on the pulse. <laughs> I guess uh, I would say for me, what I remember the most when I was a kid when this came out was the toys, man. I remember the toys being so cool for this movie. Oh, yeah, especially the Batmobile toys. I would say this movie probably has my favorite version of the Batmobile. Oh, yeah, the, uh, where the it can turn skinny. Yeah, it just like splits apart and has all these random gadgets. But even just, just the overall look of it, it just looks – I just think it looks cooler than some of the others. I, I Especially didn't really care for the like the Nolan one. I forget what they call it, like the crawler or whatever it is, where it was just like a black Humvee or something. It was pretty much like a tank, which I thought was so stupid. Yeah, this is probably my favorite. Uh, other than maybe the Adam West one, just because I would legitimately love to own that and drive around in like a convertible Batmobile with a siren on the back. <laughs> yeah, that is that I, I do like that classic Batmobile, and I think actually thinking about that. Makes me wonder why maybe that's the reason why everything looks like an amusement park ride. Because I noticed in this movie, Tim Burton does kind of seem to try to keep to the aspect of the original comics. I mean, the original show in the 60s. Because now I think of it, that reminds me of something you would see at an amusement park ride. The Batmobile, the original Batmobile. Like, buckle in. I've actually been to a few car shows that, I mean, it's obviously a replica, not like the the original one, but um, somewhere in Massachusetts, there's a guy that owns a Batmobile and even the fire extinguisher on it says like bat extinguisher and he's got like a little bat logo on it. Yeah, I saw it at the, he was in like a random parking lot in Tewksbury like a couple years ago. Were you able to go in? I couldn't sit in it, but I touched it. I'm like geeking out over it because that's just so cool, man. Yeah, it was down near where the old Tumac Airport used to be in Tewksbury. Uh, I went down there for 4th of July fireworks and um, there was also like a hot rod type show in the parking lot. So there were a lot of cool cars and someone had the Batmobile. Did they have the the DeLorean? No, they didn't have the DeLorean. That would have been cool. I would love to see a, De- a, a DeLorean replica. Well, I did. I actually went to a Comic-Con. They had one, but you couldn't, like, you had to stay, like, four feet away from it. They had the door slightly open with, like, a dummy in it, but you couldn't go in it or touch it or, you know, I want to touch it. (laughs) Yeah, you want to sit in it. Pretend you're going back in time. But I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about that movie when we do our special episode. But this movie, yeah, the toys, definitely. Um, I had a Batmobile that, and it wasn't even in the movie, but I loved it when I was a kid. But you you had a little Michael Keaton, Bruce Wayne, and if you had an extra Batman figure, you'd put it also in the car so that you would pull a a thing, and it would look, the car would kind of be a regular car, and it would turn to the Batmobile, and it would insert the Bat man action figure where bruce wayne was to make it be like oh he's batman now oh i think they had like a closet type thing that you could put him into and it like spun around and batman would pop out it was like the the bat layer and uh my family was too poor for that so i got the batmobile that (laughs) that changes so this movie man was what i remembered but i guess it was half of what i remembered but then like realized that this movie definitely should not have been for kids. 
Yeah, there there was a lot that I didn't remember about it. I haven't seen it in a long time, and I completely forgot that Paul Rubens was in the movie at all. And I think I might have discussed this before. Uh, he that part was actually supposed to because he plays uh, Penguin's father. He was supposed that part was supposed to go to the original actor. Um, I can't remember his name off the cuff. The Adam West version. From the Adam West version, he was supposed to play Penguin's father, but he died like a couple weeks before they started shooting. So, you know, he called in uh, Paul Rubens and had him uh, play the role. Well, he was a uh, he was a pleasant surprise. I always like seeing Pee Wee Herman whenever I can. It's such a weird role for him. I mean, he, he's not really in it that no, long either. Not, he, not at all. It like opens with him kind of staring out, looking at the snow, and then... His wife goes into labor, and that and a doctor comes out holding his nose, like if if like this. I was laughing because I was like, okay, was the baby really grotesque that he was going to throw up, or did like baby Danny DeVito penguin come out like just farting his brains out, and the doctor's just like, oh, it smells so bad. Maybe Mrs. Cobblepot took a dump. <laughs> well, don't, don't they say you shit yourself when you when you have a baby? Yeah, so I mean, if you're crapping out a half penguin baby, I would imagine there's going to be some some uh, smells involved. Uh, like I love that also. Like because it's so grotesque, because he's so ugly, they keep him in a boxed cage. Yeah, I'm not sure if the writers actually know anything about penguins at all based on this movie. I'm not sure they've ever gone beyond just seeing like a photo of one because they have him. But like you said, he's in the cage or the box or whatever, and he eats the cat. I'm pretty sure a penguin wouldn't eat an entire cat. I don't, you know, I'm not a marine biologist or whatever, but anytime I've watched Planet Earth, usually they're just like walking in circles, not eating cats. Well, well this goes to my 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 next question though, like is he really part penguin because like did did Mrs. Cobblepot fuck a penguin because like like they make it So we go through the scene and everything and we see him go down the sewer and then we see a group of sewer penguins find him and take him in but he wasn't born a penguin right like no he just so he basically just uh as as far as they show us he was just a child that was born with deformed hands and his parents were fucking assholes and kept him in a box and then threw him off a bridge one day and uh you know i mean it's not like he has any any penguin powers like he can't he doesn't slide around on his belly or anything like that but yeah he he does kind of waddle and he has to be cold well that's just because he's overweight <laughs> it is true you know being a heavy man myself i do feel i have to be in cooler climates i'm sweating my ass off right now <laughs> <laughs> dan we can be the penguin brothers penguin boys Penguin boys. <laughs> the whole premise of of like his origin story doesn't make any sense at all either because the like the carriage that they throw off the bridge should have just sunk. So the movie should have just been about like the cobble pots being tried for child murder. One hundred percent. Because I don't know. If, well, if anybody knew about the baby, I mean, there's a there's a lot of people outside during that scene. They pass by. T- at least two people on the street and then 10 seconds later you'd think that they'd hear a splash and turn around and be like oh wait those two people don't have their baby carriage anymore they're staring off the bridge uh, also anybody seeing them coming with that baby before they dump it they're like frantically driving that carriage 
Oh yeah. Like how's it going? <laughs> like just murdering a baby. Nothing to see. <laughs> Good day to kill a baby, huh? And, and, and you brought it up. That is one fucking buoyant carriage. Yeah, it just floats away down the most well-lit sewer I have ever seen in my entire life. I've seen a lot of sewers. <laughs> yeah, that's where you used to hang out when you were a kid, right? Or or did, or did your parents yeah. drop you off a bridge, too? They pushed me. You didn't. You weren't so lucky, though. You didn't have that buoyant of a carriage, but you survived. It must have been very shallow that day. Yeah, it, um, I wasn't rescued by by penguins, though. It was uh, child services. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate because they just bring you back where you came from. Yeah. So instead of any powers, I just have uh, emotional scars. <laughs> Well, apparently, hey, so did the penguin, man. But why are there penguins in Gotham anyway? In the sewer? Like, again, I don't think the writers understand what penguins do. They live in the sewers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Penguins, penguins. I thought there was gators. Nah, I think it was penguins. Well, it's cold out. What do you think's gotten there in the winter? Gators can't survive in the winter. Penguins make more sense. <laughs> well, it makes me wonder, was this originally supposed to be the storyline of Killer Croc? Uh, so the original storyline of this movie was completely different, actually. It was slated as like a like a heist movie, and it was supposed to be um, some sort of like valuable artifact or something like that was was on display in the Gotham Museum, and Penguin and Catwoman were both trying to steal it. And when, once Tim Burton took over the project, he was like, oh, that's a stupid idea. So they wrote a few different... Uh, versions of what they they wanted the story to adapt into, and they ultimately settled on this one. But one of the other plot lines that they almost went down was they were going to have Penguin freeze uh, freeze Gotham City, and they ended up recycling that later on and having Mister Freeze do it in uh, what was it, Batman Forever? Ah, uh, no, Batman and Robins. Batman and Robin, the the movie that killed the franchise. Yeah, and this was the this was actually the uh the turning point of that because the movie was seen as too uh too like dark and adult for for children and one of their big sponsors was a McDonald's. So once the movie came out and a lot of parent groups were like, "Oh, I don't want my kids seeing that." They pulled a deal to have uh Batman Returns Happy Meal toys and that that got that dropped a lot of funding from the studio, so they decided in the next iteration they were going to go more family friendly so that's why they kind of recast it and the next one is a, is a lot more over the top with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I I read that too and I was just like, oh, that makes sense. But I had those toys, those happy meals. You probably had the original Batman. I thought one. they had cuz I had like the the duck cuz I thought they were I thought they were in contract and they still had to release the toys, but they tried to break out of it. But it could be wrong. You could you could be right. But I thought I had like a little penguin in his duck thing, and then you can get the small Batman car when it's like detached, going between the alleys. I don't know. I had heard that it was uh, scrapped. I'm actually looking that up. Oh, but you know what though? Let me see. Yeah, they were, but. They didn't look like the original Batman Returns. 
I see the penguin toy you're talking about. It's got like the propeller, the um, umbrella on the front of the car, right? Yeah. Yeah, they took. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So they probably had like, this looks like more like old, like they took like um, animated series Batman and made the toys instead of taking probably from the movie. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, what you said was probably, yeah, they probably had a totally different toys and that money probably didn't go to the making of anything towards this movie. So you are correct, my friend. That's right. But yeah, pen- like, so <laughs> him being raised by penguins in the sewer makes no sense at all. Also, that baby would die. He would tell, like, how did they even get him out of the basket? How are they? How are they feeding him? How did he learn to to speak? How did he learn to write? How did he learn to read? How did he? How did he get to the circus where where his penguin parents were like, you, you gotta get a job. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They 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 just show a bunch of penguins find a baby in a basket, and then they cut to thirty three years later, and he looks like shit for thirty three. By the way, <laughs> well, they taught him how to speak, they taught him how to walk, they taught him everything else, but they didn't teach him about dental hygiene. Like the first time he saw a mirror, he must have just been like, "Fuck!" That's why they call me Penguin. <laughs> Do you think it was kind of like a a jerk, uh, the jerk moment? I was poor. I was born a poor white penguin. <laughs> I'm the smartest penguin in the world. And then he realizes he's just like a super ugly guy and everyone's being mean to him. And he's like, oh, no. Well, now I'm going to be the mayor of Gotham. Which brings us to Max Shrek, which we get the intro with him in the beginning with at a conference. Christopher Walken in this part, which was supposed to actually, I don't know if you know, was supposed to be betrayed by... um. David Bowie. Oh, I heard that. Yep. I got to say, Christopher Walken was just like, obviously, this was a perfect part for him because he's just some weird rich guy. Like with. He definitely is. As soon as you see him, you're like, yep, he's he's a villain. (laughs) I feel that way about Christopher Walken always. I think I'm more always weirded out when he's just like that nice old man in a story or he's he's a good guy. And you're like, no, he's not. Yeah, the whole time you're like, is he going to bite someone in the face? When he pushes Selena through the window, my favorite part, I love it. Like, oh, I thought, she goes, what, are you going to kill me? And he was like, that was the thought. And then they pause and then he's like, huh? Huh? And she's like, oh, whew. I thought you were going to actually boom, push. Like that scene is amazing. And I don't think anyone would be able to pull that off. I honestly don't even think that was scripted. I think that was all walking. You think he really killed her? It's like the whole Paul McCartney thing. I was just thinking that. I got such a kick out of it being uh, out of his name being Shrek too. I keep having to say Max Shrek because every time I just see say Shrek, I just think of Mike Myers. Yeah, exactly. And also, did you question it all? Like, okay, and they never ever like talk about it or or say why. Why is Shrek's company's uh, logo a giant cat's head? It's foreshadowing. Yeah, but it makes no sense. I mean, none of this fucking movie makes any sense. If you throw someone out of a window and a bunch of cats lick them, they're not going to get nine lives. It just doesn't work. What is her connection to cats? In the beginning of the movie, she's like mousy and disheveled and for some reason calls herself a corn dog when she's upset. And then she goes back to her apartment and they have like a brief scene where she feeds a cat just to, to be like, no, she's got cats. She's got this connection. 
it doesn't really make any sense why all these alley cats would come out and start licking her or why that resurrects her and and gives her multiple lives like literally gives her nine lives and the ability to pound milk without throwing up i'm no longer lactose intolerant and she smashes the t's on that her her wall light that looks terrible you know what i'm talking about hello there and then she smashes the t and it and it just says hell here hell here the o and the t she smashes yeah and then she says my absolute favorite line. I don't know about you, Mrs. Kitty, but I feel yummier. <laughs> I love that line because it's so ridiculous. But before that part, we have the tree light ceremony, which we have to talk about because one, how the fuck did nobody see this big giant present apparently filled with like 20 fucking people? rolling down the fucking street also i assume they assembled that in the sewer do they explain his circus pass before this point too or do they explain it later on because i i might have missed it but i remember at this point i was really confused why his henchmen were like clowns and i was wondering if it was just like tim burton had some extras left over from the the first one and was like hey do you guys still want to fight batman i know you didn't get a lot of screen time they do mention him being in the circus um what is it? Uh, it's when Batman's looking at newspapers on his computer. So I guess the internet was maybe a thing at that point, or he had bat internet, bat fi. Um, and he was looking at papers and he he mumbles to himself while Alfred's like saying something to him. And he's like, boy, giant circus, penguin boy. And there you go. There's we get that's where he got the circus gang, which still kind of makes no sense. They really jam that in there, huh? It doesn't really match his theme at all, especially later on when he's also invading with like his army of penguins. It's just uh it's kind of a hodgepodge. Like why would they start following this random dude that lives in the sewer who's like, We're gonna kill a bunch of people in this city. Maybe it was just like they were doing circus stuff and he's like, Aren't you sick of this? Being a show for these turds. What about all the cops and Batman and stuff? Won't they stop us? Look how many penguins I have. And these circus guys, I gotta say, too, are like high tech and they know how to like hack a Batmobile. Because somebody's making those those weapons, unless they got a penguin that knows how to like do engineering and is making all these like specialty umbrellas. He's got a lot of, he's got a whole barrel of specialty umbrellas. And back to the circus people, I wanted to say, I actually forgot, I wrote a note on this. I think it's at minute, um, I forgot where I put it, but I think it's at minute, 13 minutes and 53 seconds, when they go and be like, who's the man in charge, like trying to get Max? There's seriously a circus guy just sitting there, hunched over, with a sword sticking down his throat. Yeah, some some of them are just walking around breathing fire, not really destructively just like walking around on stilts like clearly just juggling to each other just just juggling back and forth i wrote that down because they were juggling over the batmobile and i was like what what is that doing menacingly juggling well anyway back to the christmas lighting so we get that whole thing you know of course they they try to take max shrek we we get the the meeting of michelle pfeiffer is this one the bat? The first time we see the bat signal? Yes. So I think this is the part where where we first see the the Batmobile that we were talking about is like the coolest one in the uh, in the franchise. Yeah. 
and I'm pretty sure he kills some people um, like right off the bat. He turns around and like turns the boosters on and it shoots out like six feet of flames and sets a bunch of people on fire. Yep. There's definitely a guy running on fire. He's fine. (laughs) Just a couple burns. And then uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character. What's her name? Uh, Selena. Selena Kyle. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they used the regular. Okay. So Selena's like, is it knife point that she's being held at or taser? Yeah, I believe it's. No, someone has a taser, but she. Taser, yeah. It's, she has, the guy has a taser, which comes into play later, of course. And Batman shoots a grappling hook at the wall and like rips a chunk off and knocks him out instantly. Um, and then doesn't she like, she like zaps him a bunch while he's passed out. Yeah, after Batman walks away, she's like, ooh, a taser, and zaps him. But before that, she says another, like, sexual frustration or, like, sexual joke. She goes, thanks, Batman, or is it the Batman? And then he turns away and walks away, and she goes, well, that was brief, just like most of the men in my life. <laughs> like, whoa. It, almost every line that she has is some sort of, like, one-liner related to sex. Yeah, either to sexual frustration or somebody getting a boner. Yeah. Also, uh, I just wanted to real quick bring up, can, can we talk about when the back signal is raised earlier? Batman, Bruce Wayne is just sitting in the dark by himself. Like, crime. When's crime going to happen? That's what people did before they had cell phones. They just waited. <laughs> Do you think he's just being sad, being like, hmm? No one's burgling. I bought all this cool Batman stuff and I can't even use it. Cut this new Batmobile. No one will see it. I'm just going to cry into my bat hanky. Alfred, is everything over? Go leave me alone! <laughs> You're not my dad! You're not my dad. Is this the point where Shrek gets kidnapped? Yes. And... We get our intro to Penguin, which the best line. I think the word you're looking for is. Ah! I know he also at one point when he's like explaining his like his whole big monologue to, to Shrek, he says, what you put in your toilet, I place on my mantle. I wish they showed like a wall of a bunch of mantles of like poop shit. It's like dead goldfish and stuff. <laughs> That's what he tries to bribe Max Shrek with is like, shit, I see you had the runs the other day. Not enough fiber, Shrek. <laughs> Wouldn't want the people to know. Yeah, he, does, he does like blackmail him though, sort of, right? He's got like a thermos full of toxic waste and... All the documents to prove it. All the documents to prove it, and then like a severed hand. But like he explains that he got all of this because it was flushed down the toilet. How how big is Max Shrek's toilet that he can flush an entire corpse? Also, I assume Max Shrek is hiring people to to do that. And if he's got a guy flushing things like people down a toilet, that he needs a new guy. I took care of it, boss. I flushed him down the toilet. How many times did I tell you, Frankie? That's my Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh my god, your Christopher Walken voice is worse than your English accent. That's going to be the running gag on this jo- on this podcast is my accent. Your terrible impressions. I'm Christopher Walken. I'm going to fight Batman. 
<laughs> you always kind of slip into a Mario. I'm going to fight the Batman. Christopher Walken, I got to fight the Batman. You'll be the mayor. <laughs> Selena, who would you tell? You, I pushed you out the window. Well, <laughs> after, uh, after our boys Max and Oswald get acquainted, we cut back to Selena, and she's slut-shaming her cat in her apartment. This is like when this not that I'd ever tell. <laughs> this is when she's like checking all of her her like voice messages, and it's a little glimpse into her life before showing that she's she's a loser, yep. and apparently some guy cancels their vacation that they had planned together. She like leaves herself voicemails <laughs> to remember stuff. Yeah. Oh, the nineties before cell phones, right? You have to go back to the office if you forgot to prep for the meeting with Bruce Wayne tomorrow. And it's like, fuck. (laughs) Wouldn't you immediately like just know to put that in your pocket? Right. And then that's how she comes back in contact with Max. um, Back at at his office after he's been smooching with the penguin. Getting that that salmon taste out of his mouth. Mm, Those luscious green teeth. Mm. Purple Kool-Aid mouth. I, I heard it was like dyed mouthwash, so he probably just had burning mouth mm. this, the whole time. Like, ooh. It always just looks like he drank Kool-Aid. Do, do you think like the whole like corn dog, like Selena talking to herself, like all this other stuff was just like just slowly show that she was already on the tipping point of insanity. Like from what, what is about to happen? The, the zero day to 180, like that it takes is just insane. How does she become this completely different character who now is apparently an Olympic gymnast? Well, I'm sure being murdered and then resurrected by cat saliva takes its toll on you. Apparently. And apparently you can do, <laughs> you can only exit and enter a room in backflips. It's how she gets everywhere. She'll do cartwheels, backflips. It's like her, she, she loses the ability to walk. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what she did land on her back and her leg was like all twisty. <laughs> that's how she has to walk. Now. Well, that's how cats move, man. They're always flipping around and doing cartwheels. Haven't you ever seen a cat before? I don't know. My cats are kind of fat and pudgy. Just make sure you keep them away from penguins in the winter. I'm going to try to make them do backflips. Yeah, because then they'll have weird encounters. <laughs> they'll eat them. Oh, yeah, that's true. Penguins eat cats. That's true. Remember? So, yeah, so, of course, we've already discussed this part. She becomes Catwoman, blah, blah, blah. She gets cat zombie powers. She feels yummier. And why does she only feed her cat cream? Wouldn't that cat just get the shits all the time? Yeah, I don't know if you're supposed to be feeding your, your cats cream every day. I know you are not supposed to. Maybe it's special cream because, like I said, she pounded that shit. She was like, like it's just white Russians. I, it was giving me actually. I was like, ooh, <laughs> like she just watching it spew all over her face, and she's like, <gasps> and then goes into a rage and black spray paints everything. Well, she ends up snapping because she listens to like this weird, it's like a perfume commercial that's, uh, that's pro-sexual harassment. Oh, yeah. 
the whole point of the commercial is like, smell good so your boss will try and fuck you. Yeah. And then because, you know, she was just murdered and all, she has a bit of a bit of a breakdown. But was that a thing that they did back in the day? Like they would just leave you messages and be like, ah, there's perfume because she got a couple messages from them about that perfume. Were those messages? I thought it was uh, I thought she was listening to the radio or something. No, it was on her. It was on her uh, voicemail. Like, because oh. remember her mother's like, yeah, I guess before uh, like email and stuff like that. That's how people marketed you. They just cold call and leave voicemails. Or maybe she had inquired about sexy perfume in a scene we missed. She's like a weird breakdown, though, where she like grinds a bunch of stuffed animals in the sink and then spray paints her own apartment and just kind of smashes stuff. That whole scene totally shows uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's acting ability because just see the faces she makes while she's like cramming those stuffed animals into like the garbage disposal. It's insane. They probably had to calm her down a few times after shooting those scenes because she killed it. She's definitely uh, showing a lot of range here. I mean, I was going to say she's got some really good tailor skills, though, because she takes like a raincoat and turns it into a complete outfit in a couple hours without much, much effort at all. And it fits perfectly. And, And it's like you said, though, too, like a whole, whole suit from a coat. Yeah, from a raincoat. And after flipping around town for a couple hours in basically just latex, she must have smelled terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, they could actually not even shoot those scenes with her in it for very long because it was so air, like airtight that if she was in it for too long, she'd pass out. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Especially moving around so much because she's very, very physical in that movie. Oh, yeah. Like she probably like kicked once and was like, get me out of this. I need to breathe. Okay. Do you know? Do you know? Happen to know? Did she do like her own stunts? Like, is that really her flipping and stuff? I would. I would assume not. Definitely not. If it was, I think I even got a bigger crush on her. But no. I was I, gonna. I was gonna say, let's not ruin the fantasy here. Yeah, let's not ruin it. Let's <laughs> not find out. I don't want to know who that person is. Which also, like, I guess there's like a little plot hole I found with her suit. By the way, besides a raincoat turning into a whole bodysuit and mask. There's a point where she, I think it's like when they first kind of introduce her and she sees a guy about to try to like, I don't know, rob or rape a woman or something like that. And she shows her hands and the claws retract from her hand. But when she's making her suit, it shows her putting like. Yeah, she's attaching them to the fingertips. Yeah. And we could tell she has no technology at all or any way of making that happen. So that was just like an effect. They just like, oh, this would be cool. It makes no sense, but let's just add it. They wanted to give her the Wolverine moment. Yeah. Snick, snick. Like, that doesn't make sense, Tim Burton. He's like, yes, it does. I'm Tim Burton. Where's Johnny Depp? (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if uh, down the road he redoes a Batman movie and has Johnny Depp as Bruce Wayne. Well, I I heard a rumor that, uh, and I really hope this is going to be the case, because I think the Robert Pattinson Batman looks like it could actually be good. But I heard they're cramming it with villains, and I heard they might be doing the Flashpoint Paradox so that they can add this Batman in. And it's rumored that Johnny Depp might be playing one of the Jokers, that there's going to be a couple Jokers. So it's, yeah. yeah. He'll be the, the sexy pirate Joker. 
He just, nothing changes. He just looks like Jack Sparrow. Yep. Just the same costume. He's like, exact same costume. Hey, Batman, where's the rum? Where's the rum gun? Hockey pads. <laughs> Pirates of the Gotham. I don't know. Pirates, Pirates of Gotham City. It writes itself. <laughs> Starring Johnny Depp. But uh, we, we get into the Penguin's plan kicking off where it shows a clown steal a baby and then run into the sewer and uh, pretty much just do a handoff so that he can use his like elevator duck platform thing to go up to the surface and make himself look good. I love the faces he makes when people are taking pictures of him. Like, Ugh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's probably never seen a camera before, dude. He's been living in the sewer with penguins for 33 years. But he's got it. No, but if he was in the circus, though, you know. No flash photography. <laughs> no, no flash photography. Like, he's the penguin boy. And, and the th- there's just so much about him that just makes no sense. But, yep, we see his plan unfold and, you know, they show that he's actually good. But that's the thing, though. Has he just been under Gotham this whole time? And he's so old. Like, how old is he supposed to be? I want to say he's supposed to be like 40, maybe 40. No, he's, we've, we've, discussed, we've mentioned this several times already. He's only 33 years old because he's a baby in the, in the very opening shots when he's thrown into the river. And then it says 33 years later, and it's oh, yeah. the tree lighting scene. He's only 33, but he he looks like he's been eating chocolate-covered meth the entire time. <laughs> chocolate-covered meth. That's, well, that's a penguin delicacy. They, that's delicacy to penguins. They, you know, they got to get that chocolate-covered meth. <laughs> Do you think whenever it showed Danny DeVito eating a fish, he was actually eating raw fish? Uh I don't think he was fully eating it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was chewing on a raw fish. Because I've paused it, man, and I've I've looked, and that it's like that looks like a like a div, like half eaten fish that doesn't look like yeah. a prop. It doesn't. But he seems like the type of actor that would go that mile. I mean, he sewed himself into a couch on Sunny, <laughs> naked. Like, I think the penguin costume's great because this, uh, you saying that kind of reminds me. The penguin's body totally looks like they just put Danny DeVito in a potato sack and then just filled it with pillows. It's funny that you mentioned that because one one of my notes, I wrote some descriptions of the penguin and I wrote, bad teeth, loves umbrellas, looks like sack of laundry. (laughs) Because he does. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there, there's a lot of penguin butt scenes in this, like showing him waddle away in like his little one piece. It's because he wears like the old timey long underwear. You know what I mean? Like the one piece button in the front. They're screwed undies. Yeah. From behind, it looks like someone's running away with a bag of dirty laundry. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, how did he even get those clothes? I don't know. Did he get those in the in the circus? Because the penguins didn't make it. So up until he was in the circus, was he just running around the sewers, fat and naked, covered whatever Gotham flushed down on him? Whee! Yeah, he couldn't have spoken English before then, right? So, you know, say he went to the circus when he's 20. So for 20 years up until then, he's just going around in the sewers naked, like, mah, 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 mah. Probably. That would make sense why he's got more penguin tendencies and like... He did a really good job losing his penguin accent. 
head's still there a little bit. Every time he walks, he goes, eh, eh, eh. it comes out when he drinks. <laughs> I wish they had a drunk penguin moment. So I also want to mention how after the mare part, he ends up going to, I want to see my real parents. I want to find them. And of course, Batman doesn't trust them. Well, he's at town hall, like looking up all the firstborn and all that stuff. So Batman decides to spy on him. And how does Batman decide to spy on him? By rolling up by the window in the fucking Batmobile. Because, you know, that's it. No one will notice that. Like a possessive boyfriend driving by. <laughs> he's, just, it's, he's literally just driving by his window. And yeah, like you said, he, Oswald Cobblepot is sitting in front of the window and the fucking Batmobile rolls by and it crawls by. You would think that someone would notice. Even if it wasn't the Penguin himself, someone would be like, oh shit, it's Batman. Also, I assume there would have been more of still a crowd there too because people were like, like, ooh, like there was a whole crowd. The media was there. Like there's no way they would just leave him alone. And Well, they show that one clip of the cop coming out being like, hey, come on, get out of here. So <laughs> well, it's Gotham that, you know, the people respect the cops. Oh, OK. I didn't realize. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, damn. This one police officer. Let's get the hell out of here. Uh, but he does end up finding his parents, but he finds out that they are dead. So then they go to like a, the scene of the Cobblepot grave site. Which is all a show. Oh, yeah. And you know what, though? It only seems like Batman's mad because he's like, there's only room for one grown man to mourn his parents. My parents died first. Fuck you. You didn't even get to know them. My parents were murdered. <laughs> Your parents threw you in a sewer. Shitty parents. You know, and then, of course, that whole cemetery scene's just to make himself look good. And then he makes that big speech where he's like, a penguin is a bird that cannot fly. <laughs> I would have loved it if there was someone in the background like, what? Like, again, this just points that the, the writers of this movie knew nothing about penguins. And one of them learned a fact and was like, shit, let's work this into the script somehow. Did you know penguins can't fly? God damn it, we need that in the film. Hey, did you know peanuts aren't actually peas? Or nuts? Uh, should Batman say that? No, no, forget it. No, put it in Catwoman's lines. <laughs> <laughs> but make her say it's sexy. I was going to try it, but uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you don't want to do another Mario voice? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mario is so sleepy, he needs a break. I'm in a Catwoman. <laughs> Oh, Miss Kitty, I feel yummy. <laughs> and then what, what is this when uh, when Max goes to uh, talk to Cobblepot about uh, running for mayor? Even though you find out his parents is dead, he's still doing the ledger for some reason. And then Max right. comes to this looks like an abandoned building because the walls are down and everything. And then he's like. I need you to come downstairs. And he's like, I'm, I'm busy. And he has like a fish in his. No, he lures him with a fucking fish. Yeah, he lures him with a fish wrapped in newspaper. Yeah. And then he's eating it and he comes downstairs. And this is where there's a bunch of computers. There's a bunch of posters. There's a ton of people, food set up and everything. And they're like, you're going to be mayor. So you're telling me this whole time while they were hanging up upstairs doing their thing, everyone was cleaning this portion of the building out and setting up and no nobody knew like they weren't just like oh what's that noise what's all that noise downstairs yeah i don't know and then 
everyone's super pumped that he's going to be running for mayor, except for like one guy that, that questions him. And he literally bites the guy in the nose and everyone's still like, yeah, he's going to be a good mayor. Especially after like that girl that was like asking him questions and he's just looking at her tits and being like, hey, hey. And she's like, okay, we'll just, uh. He makes a couple lewd comments, actually. He says, I'd like to fill her void. And then at, at another point, he says, French flipper trick. Yeah, that's when he's like pretending, he, like, Mr. Mayor. Oh, how are you doing, Mr. Mayor? Oh, let me show you my flipper trick. Oh, that's the biggest parasol I've ever seen. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and is, doesn't Max say to him, too, like, you'll get plenty of respect, plenty of this, plenty of money. And tons of poontang. Does he say that? He says poontang. And you know how I remember it too? Because Kat was sitting next to me and she goes, what? Poontang? <laughs> they were really trying to reach the young folk with this movie. And, and just hearing Christopher Walken say poontang. Like it was just very weird. <laughs> just something I would never think I would hear Christopher Walken say. The whole thing where everyone's behind him for mayor makes no sense because from the go, he's like, he, he's insane about it. He, even when he accepts, he's he's like, all right, I'll be mayor. Burn, baby, burn. It's like, is that really what you want your candidate to say the second they accept the nomination? Yeah. After they bit, after they bit someone in the face? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why I thought it was weird that everyone was still on board for it. <sighs> he lived in the sewer this whole time. He's coming down in a onesie eating a fish and he's covered in filth. And they're like, yeah, you can do it. The scene that you mentioned too, I think you were right. The next scene before this was the one with Bruce and Max in a room, but honestly it doesn't need to go in order anyway. Cause the scene's kind of unimportant. It's just the scene only when Selena and Bruce meet. And, uh, Bruce immediately is like, oh, oh, look at this lady. Well, the the thing that stu- uh, stood out th- the most to me about this scene was Christopher Walken's reaction when he sees that the woman that he threw out a window is still alive. Like he's not, he's not worried at all. He literally says, if she tries to blackmail me, I'll drop her out a bigger window. But also that makes me think too, did, did he not ask anyone to collect her body? Did he just push her out the window and- and then telling people she went on an extended vacation just was like, oh, I think the body just disappeared. <laughs> like, you know, just, like, nobody went to like check or like dispose of the body. No one tried to flush it down a toilet. Maybe he just assumed, maybe the Gotham Police Department is really inept and he assumed that they'd find her and just be like, well, looks like a suicide. We better not find out what window she came from. Though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, Cats, like the Max logo. Ah, I'm just thinking of when she fell out the window and she's going through the Max sign, and it's all just cats. I I want to know why Max Shrek's logo is a cat. Like it doesn't make any sense, Dan. It makes no sense. I don't know. God damn it. But but uh, I think that this is when we get to the part where I was talking about for some reason the circus gang is like looting and Catwoman is at a convenience store, not a convenience department store. That is, and she's like flipping around in giant heels. <laughs> and the security guards, don't hurt us, Missus. We make barely minimum wage. 
<laughs> That's like what the security guards say. This is where she says, like, I am Catwoman, hear me roar. And she has like another silly one liner, too. Oh, so that's my name. Don't wear it out. Yeah. I, I, you're, you know what? The more that I, because I was writing quotes down for her and she, they just keep giving her one liners. Like there was another one she said that I was like, that's so stupid. Yeah. They're all, they're all dumb. But is this the scene where there's also like a bunch of mayhem with the clowns and stuff like that? Yeah. And Penguin's just like watching Batman beat them up like in the dark. He also, Kills another person with dynamite. Yes! I forgot about that part. He takes dynamite off one clown, beats him up. And throws throws it at him. And then throws a guy in a hole and you just see an explosion. And I was like, that guy's dead. There's no way he didn't die. So the kill counts at two. He's in pieces. That guy yep. is in fucking pieces. And then Penguin pulls out his uh, his helicopter umbrella, and uh, because they both see Catwoman, and he basically calls dibs. Well, you forgot to mention where Catwoman woman again backflips to them, and then just goes meow, and the building blows up behind her. <laughs> and then you see her just I'm I'm terribly climbing a building, and that's when, like you said, Penguin's like. I call dibs. Yeah. Um, so he like flies up after her. And then for some reason, she starts fist fighting Batman. Where Batman smacks a bitch. And then she's immediately like, how could you? I'm a woman. And then stabs him. <laughs> and oh, I think and that's when she says another one liner. Like, you didn't let me finish. I'm a woman. But like then says something like clever good one <laughs> sorry i didn't write that clip down <laughs> i mean what that part down and then he throws like blue bat jizz at her and she screams yeah he th- he yeah he throws acid or something like that at her and then kicks her off a like lets her fall off a building into for some reason there's just an open truck full of kitty litter driving around the city that happens to be right below well them. before that part we get a weird encounter before he pushes her he he, she's about to fall because the acid and he rescues her and they get really close. And she says something like, why can't we just get along? And she, she starts feeling like his chest and then gets a little lower. And she goes, who are you? And then she goes, ooh, there you are. And then claws her his stomach. And then he pushes her and she falls into the thing. But again, that makes me think like, was he was she grabbing his dick? Like, what was she doing? Like, no, she was. It was pretty obvious. She was feeling around for a soft spot in his armor, and then she found a spot like a crease in between the two plates and stuffed it in between. Oh, okay. I just thought it was weird that like she was like, "There you are," because she could get into the bat suit. She could get her. That's what. Well, you know, you know me. I just always got boners on the brain. Boner brain. <laughs> Maybe maybe if you stop pausing the movie to jerk off, you wouldn't miss so much of the plot, Andrew. <laughs> That's why you, you, you try to move on. I'm like, wait, wait, you forgot a boner. It's a boner over here. We've got to talk about this boner. That's why you don't have half of the quotes that you're trying to remember. Your pages are all stuck together. <laughs> oh, you're leaving that in there. <laughs> Do not edit that out. Oh, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um. But you're right. Did Batman from a mile away see like that truck coming or was he just like, I hope this bitch lands on her feet and just like pushes her? I mean, we've already seen him kill two people. I don't think he really cared. Yeah, I don't think this 
Tim Burton with this Batman is going by regular Batman rules, like Batman has no remorse for crime, which I think the original comics were like that. Maybe. But I'm not really sure. But Batman definitely kills people in this movie. Mm-hmm. And after her, her defeat at the hands of Batman, Catwoman decides to, to team up with Penguin. And they, he has a he has another fucking disgusting line when they first come in contact. When when he sees her, what does he say? He says, "Just the pussy I've been looking for." <laughs> I fucking, everything like every line. It's like I've already said every line in this movie is just about sex. Like I couldn't even believe they got away with that line. And their whole conversation's shot through like a bird cage. Which actually looked pretty cool because it would show, you know, her on one side, him on. It was just, uh, but she ends up shoving a live bird in her mouth, which she doesn't chew or swallow or anything. So I can only imagine it was just shitting all over her tongue. Yep. And then he like threatens to kill her cat with uh, his sword umbrella, and they decide to to team up instead of uh, murdering each other's pets. Well, that also raises a question. So is her cat just following her around? We don't really see it in many other scenes other than this one. I think it was just so that they could have that standoff where they have Michelle Pfeiffer put a bird in her mouth. Which is obviously CG. There's no way. Even though I'm like, I wonder if they really had her put a bird in her mouth. But No, she, she ate three birds during the production of this movie. She went all, she goes all the way. It actually wasn't even in the script. They were supposed to just have the bird in the background and Michelle Pfeiffer went nuts. Just started eating all the birds. And like, I guess we'll use it. She won't stop eating the birds. Uh, and what do they show next? I think after this, they start showing like all the different newspaper headlines. Because I know there's one that's like, Batman blows it. All the spinning papers. Well, I think that's they, they form the plan with the girl. The Ice Queen princess gets stolen. And that's when they say... Oh right, yep. So they they decide that they're going to kidnap the Ice Queen for the uh, yeah. the Christmas tree lighting. Not to mention Catwoman. He also shows Catwoman his plan is to hack the Batmobile and uh, make him run over a bunch of people. Which again, how the fuck does a penguin that li- a guy a man penguin who lives in the sewer with a fucking bunch of circus people know how to engineer the Batmobile? I mean, maybe he outsourced it. He didn't do it himself. These are just really smart clowns. <laughs> but Or maybe Batman flushed his blueprints under the, down the toilet. Batman's just super suspicious throughout this whole movie, too. There's a scene where he's just like sitting around watching the news with Selena, and um, they talk about all the shit going on downtown. And he's like, oh, I gotta go. Like, they're literally about to fuck, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, gotta go. Like, it's his house, and he just leaves her there. But then she's about to leave, too, and doesn't realize that he's already left. Right. And, of course, there's another boner joke over here in this in this section. <laughs> uh, she goes to Alfred, like, tell him a bunch of things, but then she goes, no, 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 just tell him a joke or a dirty limerick. And he goes, I think something has just sprung to the occasion. No, something has <laughs> sprung to mine. I'm like, oh, Alfred, you dirty old man. You dirty old man. And uh, yeah, I think that's when the ice princess gets stolen. Like, you know, they're about to fuck. And they show, they like beat her in the head with a batarang. The penguin does. With who? The ice queen. Oh, yeah, the ice, ice princess. princess. That, that part. Um, And not to dwell on the part with them, Bruce Wayne and Selena 
too much longer, but do you remember the line that uh, Bruce says? He says something along. She's like, tell me like your past or something. He's like, I don't want you. If I tell you, you'll think I'm like Ted Bundy and John Way Gacy or something like that. And, it's, and then she's just like, ooh. See, he does kill people. Yeah. <laughs> Batman's not like those people. <laughs> like, like if Batman's like Ted Bundy, then Bruce Wayne's got to question his morals <laughs> of being Batman. And they show when when they do hack the uh, the Batmobile later on too. They show them looking at blueprints in one scene. Like, how did they get blueprints to the Batmobile? Again, maybe Batman flushed them down the toilet. Like, uh, I, it's people are just way too careless with what they flush down the toilet in Gotham City. Apparently, and and for Penguin to luck out and get these engineer clowns, where they must be very passionate about the circus. Yeah. I'm a scientific engineer, but you know what? I want to I've always wanted to be a clown. I noticed that while Selena's racing there as well, she's like getting dressed in her cat suit while driving, which doesn't seem possible because it's like a skin-tight vinyl suit with a mask. And where does she park? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the penguin gave her a parking pass or something. <laughs> Just pulling the employee lot. <laughs> I have I have access. All right, crazy lady. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when we have the Ice Queen who gets a bunch of bats thrown at her because, you know, you can you can keep bats in an umbrella. And uh, what does the penguin say when he lets them go? Bats with wings do your thing. Uh, rats with wings do your thing. Which, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, she she basically falls off a building and she in, in the end, she does turn the lights on, though, because her body falls on like the switch. Yeah, so she did her job. Yeah, so she did her job, but she just won't be able to come back and do it next year. And it's just so crazy how quickly Gotham turns on Batman. No one questions it. But Batman does stupidly decide to just be like, all right, well, I'm going to fly off this building with all the bats. Right. It doesn't look good. No. doesn't look good for him. Not at all. And I don't know how it takes him, like, he's supposed to be this great detective. I don't understand how it takes him so long to recognize Selena when he's been making out with her and she's not really disguising her voice and her mask covers, like, maybe a quarter of her face. You would think he'd, he'd be able to recognize her. Especially since she has very distinct eyes. Right. But, I mean, her whole face is basically... And you know what? Rewatching this, I actually forgot that... I actually thought they knew, like, he knew. Like, they both knew. When they're at that masquerade ball and they're both like, oh, shit, do we have to fight? I was like, mm-hmm. wait, what? You you didn't know? It was so obvious. Yeah, it definitely seemed like they would have both of them figured it out much sooner. Spending so much time talking at close range. It's not neither like even Batman's mask, the lower half of his face. You would you would think that she would recognize Bruce Wayne. And he doesn't disguise his voice very much either. No, not at all. Like, I I think it's sometimes he'll do like a grumbly Batman. But other than that, it's always like, what's up? I'm Batman, Michael Keaton. And isn't this one the uh, isn't this the point where the penguin tries to fuck Catwoman again? And he does like the whole nice guy routine where once he gets rejected, he like goes crazy and tries to kill her. Yeah, by uh, what's he do? No, he takes the flying umbrella thing and he puts it around her neck and neck. Oh, that's right. Something like, um, goodbye, fly off to heaven. 
And that's when she falls into like a greenhouse and screams so hard that all the glass breaks. All the windows shatter, yeah. And then it shows him uh he's controlling the the Batmobile by he's he's in a van that has what looks like one of those coin operated kitty rides you'd see outside of like a grocery store, but he can like lean in it and drive the car for some reason. I laugh so hard at that point, just seeing Danny DeVito dressing the penguin in that thing and just being like, and just rocking back and forth. <laughs> and how you see the trailer outside, it's just like tipping like back. It's just shaking all over the place. People are like, uh, okay. And what Batman like, he reaches through the bottom of his car and pulls off like this little bright red controlling device that, I don't know. I don't know how he would have missed it to begin with, but it doesn't really make sense that it would control the car just by being stuck on the bottom anyway. Yeah, and it's weird that they hacked his car, but it still will tell him if there's a foreign object on it, and he punches a hole through his floor. Yeah, Batmobile must have been pretty rusted out. He also punches out the screen in his own car just because the penguin's talking to him. Like, just turn it off, man. Yeah. Calm down. You're fucking up your own shit. He's rich. He doesn't care. Yeah. Alfred would fix it. Fucking Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Breaking shit. But yeah, this is the point where he turns it into a skinny car because they're about to he's about to like crash through an alley and the two sides like jettison off. And then of course he makes it and we see uh, a pile up of police cars with it, which they're definitely dead. He kills more people. By the way, if you see real quick, you totally see one of the car the police cars swinging on wires. <laughs> You just see it like, and it's like in the air and they just smash it against the other cars like sideways. And somehow all this chaos is, is getting people more interested in electing the pay, the penguin for mayor. Like he's got groupies and stuff at this point. And yeah. He's hosting like a rally. People have like Oswald means order signs and stuff like that. Yeah. This is the point where he's going to make his big speech, right? Yeah. Uh, the big speech, to, because the other part that doesn't make sense about him running for mayor is it's not election season. Like they're basically just trying to convince the city to overturn the mayor and make him mayor without any kind of actual election process. So he's like going to ho- host this rally and Batman's at home doing his his hacking skills. And I thought it was funny when they're showing Batman using his computer, everything has the bat logo on it. Even like the CD drive that pops out has a little bat on it. <laughs> But, you know, he's got a market. So is he building everything from scratch or is he just buying like a regular CD drive and then gluing like a bat logo on everything just for his own amusement? Maybe he's outsourcing some companies like, damn, Bruce Wayne really likes that Batman guy. Speaking of the CD, when he he like he scratches it like a record, which definitely would not work. That's how you could tell that CDs were still not in production for like very long at that time. <laughs> I mean, it was 1992. I don't think I'd even seen a CD in person at that point. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even know. I know my first CD was Chumbawamba. Um, so I think that was like 94. <laughs> Chumbawamba. Doing some tub thumping, Andrew? Yeah. I'd listen to that song on repeat and like dance alone in my bedroom. I believe that the alone part. <laughs> There'd be a couple times like my sister or brother would like open the door while I'm like pretending to sing with it and stuff and just stare at me in the door. Then I'd stop and be like, oh, how long were you there? I don't know why this music's playing. Oh, I hate this song. <laughs> like, 
but don't take my CD away. But the whole scratching of the CD was so that he could play an audio clip that he had of the Penguin basically saying he was going to play the town like a fiddle. So immediately everyone turns on him. So all these people that showed up to support him and, and have him run for mayor, for some reason, also have a steady supply of rotten vegetables to throw once they become upset. <laughs> and that enters my favorite line that Penguin says. He's like, Lion always a gathering. There's always some with, with rotten cabbage and tomatoes. <laughs> I love that they pointed that out. They like made that a thing. He runs away and escapes on his duck boat. And then he has another, uh, another good quote. Once he gets back down on this in like the, the sewers, it's, it's a play on the, uh, like the elephant man quote. So instead of, he says, I am not a human being. I am an animal. Oh, I was wondering if that was from something. Yeah. It's a play on the, the elephant man. Cause he says, I am not an animal. I'm a human being. Instead, he says he's an animal. Okay. I feel like there are so many good quotes in this movie, but it just kind of felt like like Tim Burton or the, the head writer was not sure of themselves and was just like, like they gave Catwoman, like, and honestly, and it's, you mentioned this before, Batman's got like nothing because I was writing down quotes for both of them and they just like filled Penguin and Catwoman with all these hopeful catchphrases and quotes that might catch. And Batman's pretty much just silent this whole movie. He's a strong silent type. That's true. He likes cats. Well, they were, uh, I don't know if you know this, but they were definitely trying to build Catwoman up a lot in this movie because the, the initial plan was to do a spinoff as a Catwoman solo movie with Michelle Pfeiffer, but it got scrapped. Which is, which is very shocking. I heard she was signed on for it and this movie made a lot of money. Not relative to what they were expecting, though, compared to the first one. Really? Uh, yeah, they were probably hoping for more. Well, I know Tim Burton was very reluctant to return. So, you know, and then we find out Penguin's real plan, which in my opinion, I, <laughs> I, this plan makes no sense. He's just going to steal a bunch of children. Like, does he does he say if he's he plans on murdering them all, recruiting them all? Like, I don't I don't really know what the purpose of this plan is. He doesn't really say. He just says that he wants to steal everyone's children, and he sends a bunch of penguins with rocket packs to do it. <laughs> Those poor little penguins, <laughs> which, which some of them were actually real penguins, and actually uh, the the humane uh, society was actually very concerned and they they were just like no no we treat these penguins by ro but like royalty they got a trailer that's a cooler and we feed them as much fish if they as they like and i read that and i was like so you're pretty much doing whatever you can to keep them alive that's that's what penguins do to stay alive we give them water every day they love it they love it <laughs> they don't care that we have explosives put on them i will say when the penguins army takes over Gotham City, it is the most adorable invasion you will ever see. I wouldn't even be able to run away. I would be like, oh. He also mentions, I don't know if you caught the, the number that he throws out, but the Penguin plans to kill 100,000 people. So he goes from, I'm going to be mayor, to I'm going to kill 100,000 people in the span of an hour. And honestly, those Penguins, people could just like kick them. Because that's his plan, right? To kill all the people with penguins? Well, he's going to use them all to shoot rockets because all the penguins have missiles on their back. 
Yeah, I, I know that, but I, I'm pretty sure a hundred thousand people can get away pretty easily from So let me let me just back up and make sure I understand this. Your defense against a missile is to kick it. Yes. <laughs> Those missiles look tiny. They were on a penguin. Just <laughs> swatted out of the way. I'm not gonna let some fucking cute little penguin take me down. No way. Um and Batman gets like a sewer boat. At one point, right? He's just driving through the sewers in a boat. Yep. When they show the radar of the boat coming, you hear that. Sounds like a robotic penguin. When the penguin's plan falls apart with the missiles and stuff too, when the whole thing starts to, it has a very like the Austin Powers abort type vibe to it. The missile countdown. Yeah, but it's so weird that it sounds like that because it's just that woman with the poodle. Oh, Batman is coming. Abort. Abort. <laughs> like, why have her? She might as well just have like a robot, like the computer just have that part. I don't know. I get maybe it was cheaper to just have some weird lady that follows you around in the sewer do it for free than buy a, another computer. They spent a lot of money on backpacks for penguins. That's mainly where all the budget went. Well, you know, he was running for mayor and getting funding and... I just love his little duck boat vehicle, though, that he it like sprouts wheels and he starts driving, driving away on that. Like it's the, mo- the most unintimidating villain vehicle ever. But him himself is what makes it intimidating. Just seeing this crazy. And again, just the, the noises and the facial reactions Danny DeVito makes are awesome. Like just getting into it like. Ah. <laughs> And Batman ends up, Batman ends up like, does he hack the system? How does he end up getting the rockets to go off at the Penguin? Um, yeah, he, he ends up hacking the signal. I think it's like a signal. Like he ends up like, like hacking the frequency and. It's like you hack my car, I'll hack your, your Penguins. I guess if you're saying him killing a hundred thousand people and stealing the first sons of Gotham, it just sounds like he's just trying to restart Gotham. With him in charge of all the first sons? What? Because he, he doesn't he kidnap the first son of each, the firstborn son of everyone in Gotham, right? His plan makes no sense. Yeah. Because how, how, would, how would he know that the people that he's killing are the parents of the people whose children that he took? I'm sure there's more than 100,000 people in Gotham. True. Because it's supposed to be like New York, so, it, you know. And the the explosion from all the rockets, too, it's like cartoonish. It doesn't actually kill anybody. Well, see, that's why I think I, I feel like I could have just kicked one. Because <laughs> they didn't look very explosive. But they do blow up his lair. I guess it is pretty destructive. I guess. And then Catwoman comes down and uh, Batman takes his mask off to try and get some one last time. <laughs> and then I love Christopher Walken's line. Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed up like Batman? <laughs> he is Batman, you idiot. He just doesn't get it like the whole time. Like that's so weird. And then she she gives him like that electric kiss of death thing that again, the writers just don't understand. Someone had heard an old wives tale when they were little that cats have nine lives and just assumed it was fact. And when they were writing this movie, they're like, "All right, well, she's Catwoman, so We'll have her die like eight times, right? Yeah, because she totally makes uh, a, like a connection with the electricity in her arm to increase the power of the taser. 
I mean, after after the explosion or electric jolt or whatever it is, when they show Max Shrek again, he's like a charred skeleton. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I remember that the most, and you're probably going to make fun of me. When I was a kid, um, I had to fast forward through that part. That part terrified me when I was a kid. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It gave me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> I was never a fan of the part where uh, Penguin bites the guy in the nose. That, that always freaked me out when I was little. Same here. I actually, uh, rewatching it, I thought he bit the guy's nose off, but I did, I did too. I remembered him biting it clean off, but I guess he just kind of chomps on it a little bit. I bet you the original writing was for that, but they were like, Oof, this is already pretty dark. We need to, we need to tone it down a little bit. And what's the penguin's final stand? He pulls out the wrong umbrella. It's like a, um, it's like a mobile or whatever. Yeah. Instead. <laughs> I pulled the silly one. <laughs> but this is the thing too. Like, so uh, when the explosion happens, Batman just throws bats at him and he falls through the window and then falls in the water. So he just falls in the water. I don't think it's that big of a drop. And it seems that the only thing that is killing the penguin is the heat from the fire. Cause he's like, it's so hot. And like, and he, it's not cold. He's like, I need cold glass of water like he like it's it's too hot so he dies it reminded me of uh the danny devito scene from always sunny when they do the remake of uh lethal weapon and he's like even sharks need water (laughs) oh such a great episode (laughs) um and i don't know if you knew but when they when they show all the penguins like dragging his corpse into the sewer those are all dudes in suits. Well, I was going to say, oh, what, the gigantic penguins of people in suits? <laughs> all of the and it doesn't even make sense because they're not even actually lifting him. I'm not sure how they're sliding him into the water. Like, if you look at their their flippers aren't actually touching him. They're just, like, walking alongside him. Yeah, he's no nobody's touching him. He's just yeah. slowly going into the water. Which, again, what killed the penguin? A broken heart. (laughs) Oh my God. That is so fucking funny. (laughs) But maybe because he is like grabbing kind of his chest being like, oh, I just wanted to get laid. (laughs) Because I think that's really what he wanted. Like, that's what it seemed like. He just wanted to get laid. I mean, he was 33 and he'd been living in the sewer. He'd probably only fucked penguins his whole life. Oh, my God. (laughs) The largest parasol you've ever seen. I'm a penguin. (laughs) The flipper trick. (laughs) Uh, But after all the uh, all the chaos, Bruce Wayne's driving around and it's it's still snowing. It's been snowing this whole movie, but it never accumulates at all. No. They got really good plow systems in Gotham. Mm-hmm. The plow is probably <laughs> working for them. Maybe there's just an active volcano near Gotham and it's just ash. <laughs> yeah, it's just ash. It's not really even fucking snow. <laughs> uh, but while Bruce is driving around, he sees like the silhouette of what he thinks is Catwoman like running down an alley. So he goes to chase it. And then for some reason, her I- I'm assuming it's the same cat, like the black cat is still there. And he totally just steals her cat and goes home. That's why when you see her, she's just like there, but she's kind of, it'd be funny if the next line was like, he just stole my cat. Yeah, they do basically a throwback to the first one where the original Batman movie ended with like the bat signal up in the sky. And then you see uh, like a silhouette of Batman kind of standing up and like on a building in front of it. 
and they they flip that again because the bat signal is in the sky and then you see selena catwoman like silhouette standing up so that actually wasn't michelle pfeiffer they shot that scene after production because that was again when they were planning to do a sequel so at first they were going to leave it kind of like oh like maybe he saw her down the alley he found the cat like nobody knows but then they really wanted to push it was going to be it was basically going to be to get away from gotham selena goes to like some spa resort somewhere and there's some sort of criminal activity going on and she needs to basically dress up as catwoman again so they threw that scene on the end to try and like build up hype and to make it more of a segue into that franchise but for whatever reason it just kind of fizzled out and they didn't end up going through with it that would make sense because i did read and it kind of didn't make sense to me because it didn't look like that special of a scene that that was the most expensive scene they shot in the movie yeah it was because uh, it was all post-production they had to go and reset everything up that makes sense and i bet you michael mm-hmm. keaton's like ah, if you want me to come back i need more money to film that scene yeah so but yeah like uh um i that's the end of the movie. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's a, there was a lot about this. Cause I remember you said the script was going to be different too. Um, mm-hmm. there was, uh, also a written, and we discussed this before that there was actually Robin was supposed to be in this movie. Yeah. And, uh, I think I mentioned last time that, uh, one of the front runners that I heard about was Michael J. Fox and you heard, you heard someone different, right? Yeah. I heard, um, uh, Marlon Wayne's was actually casted and they actually fitted him for a, a Robin suit. Oh, interesting. And, uh, you know, that, that would, that would have completely changed the movie. Yeah. Cause I just wonder how that would have been. Because there was also there was also supposed to be way more too, like uh, Two Face, which was pretty much going to be Max Shrek's character, who I believe in the original one was. Uh, oh, what's Two Face's real name? Harvey Dent, which was I think played by the guy who plays uh, Lando Calrissian in the first movie. Lando Calrissian. Calrissian, yes. Fuck you. Rando Calcium. And that's the end of our episode. Uh, the the whole uh, penguin running for mayor plotline too was actually lifted from. I know we've mentioned the Adam West Batman a couple times already in this episode, but it was a plotline lifted directly from an old uh, Adam West Batman episode where he tried to run for mayor. Oh, really? Yeah, that's like. See, that's. I think that's what I like about this movie too. Like, and I didn't. I didn't know that, and I think that's really cool. Like, it it kind of seems like they really tried to stay along the lines of some things that were from like the Adam West Batman. Cause even the style itself. And I think we mentioned this earlier, like everybody kind of looks like they're from the 1950s and the 1960s and everything. And it, it was definitely an homage to the Adam West Batman movies, which I can ex- respect, but it's just cool that, you know, they added that dark grittiness to it. Yeah. And like, it's just crazy to think of how much work went into this movie too, because I was looking into, um, you know, budgets and stuff like that. And apparently when they were shooting the production for this, the set design was so large that just for this one film, it took up 50% of Warner Brothers Studios. Damn. The sets were big. that That makes sense. Like you had these giant Gothic statues and 
Yeah, I mean, you figure they're essentially building a small city. Oh, yeah. I think that's why they definitely use the where they do the tree lighting a lot, that whole area. Yeah, I'm sure it was very expensive. That was that was probably one of the most expensive sets. And definitely that post-production uh, shot that you were talking about. Because they would have had to set it all back up. Yeah. Yeah, I read some things on that, but I didn't know that that wasn't Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, it's it's hard to tell because she's got the mask on and it's it's from behind. So, I mean, unless you knew, it'd be really hard to know. Like, unless you read that or got information anywhere, you can't really tell from looking at the scene. Like, do you think she maybe they were just like, hey, hey, Michelle, we need you to come back. And she's like, I'm just so happy to not be in that suit. No. Yeah. She was, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer was one of the most popular actresses at the time. She was probably shooting another movie. Well, that too. But she I, was probably just nowhere near where, where it could happen. Yeah, that's true. Um, one more thing I just also wanted to add. I don't know if you knew that there was a couple people considered for the Penguin, and one of the main people that they wanted to be Penguin was Marlon Brando. Oh, I did read that. Yeah. Imagine that. Like, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> a bit mean. <laughs> You sound like Droopy from the Tex Avery cartoons. (laughs) I'm definitely glad they went with Danny DeVito instead. Oh, yeah. I even heard that John Candy was thought of, too, which Uh, I love. R.I.P. John Candy. Huh? Rest in peace, John Candy. I love John Candy, but I don't think he would have done the character any justice. Danny DeVito. No, it would have been odd seeing like a super friendly penguin. Yeah. And... I, I just I don't think I've ever seen John Candy play any f- sort of villainous villainous or dark role where I just don't think it. He, I, I don't think, think John Candy was just too genuinely a nice guy to have the range to play a villain. He could be in a scene and not even talk, and he just like warmed it up. You know, you just wanted to hug him. Yeah. R.I.P. John Candy. Rest in peace, buddy. But um, so yeah, after rewatching this movie for not seeing it for a while. Um, would you say it still holds up? Honestly, as an adult, I feel like it holds up a little bit more. Yeah, it has its cheesiness. It can be slightly campy at times, but like seeing it as a kid, you don't realize how much the sexual tension and the sexual influendo uh, is in this that like you, those jokes go way above your head. You really don't think about it. Like I don't even think when I, when I was a kid and he said – just the pussy that I'm looking for. I even batted an eye at it. Oh yeah, I was I was like six years old when this movie came out, and all of this went over my head. I was just like Batman. I will say that it it wasn't as the best Batman as I remember it being, but it's still my personal favorite. And I will say that yeah, I think it still holds up today. It's it's a good movie to watch if you want. That nostalgia feeling, like when you get that rolling title at the beginning and the music picks up and it's like, like you get such a nostalgia bomb, bomb and you get like that, those goosebumps and you're like, yeah, I remember this. Um, of course, there are, without trying to beat around the bush, I think it still holds up, but it obviously still has some of its things that I don't remember being less as awesome as it was when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm a little torn. I mean, I I feel like I I definitely still enjoy watching this movie. I I love it for the nostalgia factor. I it it brings me right back to you know being a kid and sitting there and watching Batman. You know, I used to love watching the animated Batman series every day when I got home from school. 
but I'm not sure if this movie were released today, it would do very well just because it doesn't fit the mold of what superhero movies have kind of morphed into. And it's a bit like compared to the the Adam West movies, it's not campy at all. But by today's standards, it's kind of uh, like silly, a lot of it. It's kind of hard to look at it without any kind of bias because I'm not sure I'd feel the same about this movie if it were released today. Like if the Robert Pattinson Batman comes out and it's got similar vibes, I probably wouldn't like it. But again, because this movie is from the 90s and it does hold a special place in my heart, I, I still enjoy it. So yeah, I, I'd say it, it holds up if you've seen it before. But for fresh viewers, it might seem a little cheesy, unless you're into that sort of thing. Well, what if you look at it this way? And and, and I think this is why also it kind of like, to me, I'm just like, it still kind of holds up because it's kind of like, I'm going off of what you said. It doesn't really fit the mold of superhero movies today, which in my opinion, the problem with these superhero movies today, and don't get me wrong, but I feel like a lot of these movies, these superhero movies that are coming out today focuses too much on the hero and we're not getting the good villains that we've gotten in movies like this today. Like the thing I love about this movie is, is the focus on bat, the Batman villains, because that's the best thing about Batman. He has the best, the best villains. See, I don't feel like these villains are, are that built up though. I mean, their, their whole backstory doesn't make a lot of sense. Their motive doesn't make a lot of sense. Like you can't say that Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer in this movie are better villains than Heath Ledger as the Joker. Like it's it's just not a comparable, it's not on the same level at all at all. And that's all I'm saying is, you know, it just in today's climate, it just it would be seen as kind of childish. True, true. And I will say, like, the best thing about Heath Ledger's Joker, and I think what made it great is that they didn't even try to add a backstory. And I think that's I, I will agree with you on that one that, you know, kind of implying a backstory where Penguin and and also doing a brief backstory on Selena. It does. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think I'm just riding off that nostalgia train. Well, especially because their backstories were so silly. For comparison, it would be like if in The Dark Knight, the Joker's backstory for his scars were a clown tickled him so hard that he, he laughed and his mouth split. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's not, it doesn't make any sense. It ha, it doesn't really move the character along at all. It's just an explanation for, for why they're here as loose as it is. Yeah, I, I can, I can agree with that. That, that is very true. And, and, and it's good that you, you brought that to light because, you know, you could definitely tell like it's the nostalgia definitely. And again, rewatching movies like this, it does kind of show you that nostalgia kind of blinds you from what makes a good movie or what makes a movie that continues to hold up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I personally like this movie, but I think someone who's taking a completely fresh look at it is going to feel differently, especially if they're going into it under the assumption that it's uh, like a Nolan type Batman. Yeah. Oh, no. And that's true because I've watched some of this with Kat and every time she looked up, it's true that she's never seen this and she would just say what the hell is going on? Like, what is, why, why is he look like that? Why, why is she doing that? <laughs> just like, oh, it's just Catwoman. It's cool. <laughs> like that. Yeah. There's a few things that just, that don't age well in this movie at all either. Like, I, I don't think the whole, the penguin being such a, such a perv would fly. This movie is almost like a time capsule. You know what I mean? It It couldn't be made today and be as well received. It just, because of the, the content, 
the way it was written, just the the whole production of it is really it's like sticking your head through a portal and into the nineties. Yeah, and I think that's what I loved about it. But if you're if you're going into it with the expectation that it's gonna be like a just like a dark action movie, you might be surprised by some of the campy sexual harassment throughout. So maybe say about forty five percent it holds up. I'm I'm not gonna put a percentage on it. I'm just gonna say if you if you've seen it before, it, it holds up. This this movie I feel like rides on the nostalgia. If you were to just freshly pick it up today, I don't think you'd necessarily enjoy it. Okay. But uh, I think you know what time it is, Dan. My favorite part of the show, where we get to pick who Jeff Goldblum would play. Yeah, that's a strange thing to do. So what do you think, Andrew? If you were to completely recast this movie with Jeff Goldblum, where would you put him? Well, fast fact... Actually, Jeff Goldblum was actually supposed to play the Scarecrow in the sequel of Batman Forever, but they ended up changing it and going with Mr. Freeze with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know if you knew about that. So, Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm sticking with it, man. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, but going on that, because I would love to see Jeff Goldblum portray a villain. I think he would have made an excellent Catwoman. I could definitely see that. Just think of meow. He's kind of flipping around. With his chest hair out. He's got those long legs. He'd look good in the cat suit. <laughs> and he could backflip. You know he could. So, Dan, who, who, would you, who do you think he would play? Because I have a feeling you were maybe going to say something similar. <sighs> I mean, I was thinking about Catwoman, but I don't want to give the same answer as you. So... Let's see here. I'm going to say, let's go big. Let's cast him as Batman. Do you think he would have brought more than Michael Keaton? Uh, I think he would be more in line with an Adam West style Batman. So I would like to see this movie with Jeff Goldblum, but in all the fight scenes, you put in like the biffs and bams and maybe a couple dance segments. <laughs> would, it, would it also have the Goldblum-isms where, where it goes biff, you hear, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the bat symbol would be a cartoon version of jeff goldblum's face with two bat wings coming out of the side of it <laughs> i was thinking it would actually be that scene where he's laying sideways and his chest is unbuttoned it would just be a silhouette of that <laughs> <laughs> kidding aside though i actually think jeff goldblum would play a great bruce wayne I think it would make for some very interesting dialogue scenes with the villains when he just goes off on random tangents instead of actually threatening them. You know what I mean? Like maybe he he swoops in and then starts commenting on, you know, what Penguin's wearing instead or something like that. And he just goes on and then he realized the Penguin's already left. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be like the running theme is like all of the villains keep getting away because he'll just go on these really long tangents and not realize that they've already escaped. And while he's going around asking everyone personal questions, that's being, you know, all, asking all of the, the hostages personal questions, you'll see the villains kind of sneaking out the back with all the money. And then it'll be like, -na 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 -na. <laughs> it would actually, actually, it sounds more perfect as we go along. Cause then when he solves crimes, it could be like, uh, like the independence day thing where it'd be like green walls, sewers. Green walls and sewers, penguins, 
Penguins like the color green. I think the villain is the penguin. <laughs> but he'd be standing there, like, looking at the penguin committing crime. <laughs> Just trying to figure everything out as it is happening. <laughs> like, is he okay? Uh, <laughs> oh, we gotta do a Jeff Gone Blue movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I still love this movie. It would always be a deep part of my life. Um, no, an important part of my life in movie wise. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we did this movie. And that brings our episode to an end. I hope you all enjoyed listening and discussing Batman Returns to us. And uh, join us next week. Bye. Bye bye.